we got warned before we went over that they would try to grab our boobs to make sure we were women. And I was like, there is no way. But they really do this. Hello and welcome to The Egg Factory. My name is Diane Wu and each week we bring you a interview with a fascinating woman. This week our fascinating woman is Reagan Audner. She is a economics student at Stanford University and she's also a former Marine. Reagan was part of a Marine program called the Female Engagement Team, which was in rural Afghanistan. She was there from 2011 until 2013 when she came to Stanford. So in today's interview, Reagan's going to take us to Helmand province in southern Afghanistan, where she and a Navy doctor were working on lots of different projects to engage the local community. So me and a Navy doctor um, and a linguist were dropped in Sangin, which is north of, or north in Helmand province. So we're still southern Afghanistan. And this area is very rural. We were with a bunch of infantry guys, probably a couple hundred of them on the base. And so we got to go out with the guys every day on patrol and convoys. What does patrolling mean? It's, um... I thought I knew, but then I realized I don't. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, so uh, patrolling is just when you all gear up, we'll put on, like, our, our flak jackets with, like, the bulletproof plates and... Um, our Kevlar helmets and take our weapons and we'll just go out and walk around. And so patrols can have like different types of missions. Like it can be like to engage an enemy in a certain area or it can be like to go talk to people. But essentially it's like the walking around. Okay. Um, And then just for the sake of edification, convoys like when you're in trucks, like you're on wheels. But you're just like moving around. But you're just like going somewhere. Okay. (laughs) The males were an infantry unit, so their main mission was combat. Being a woman, like an American woman over there, we were not really considered women. We often refer to it as being considered like a third gender Mm -hmm. because we aren't like held to the same rules as their females, but Mm -hmm. we also aren't a man. So it's like we're somewhere in the in the middle. Did you find it liberating or kind of lonely to be one of very few people in this third gender? Both. Uh, I would say for my job, it turned out to be a total asset. But personally, I found it to be extremely isolating. As far as interacting with the locals over there, it was it opened doors to us being women then that were hugely beneficial. Because we were different and we were not seen as quite so threatening as our guys are, like big 200-pound dudes walking around with, with guns and mean faces. And and then there we are, like, next to them, small and smiling, and we just want to connect with them. And so it was easier for us to build trust, I would say. So that was great. That side of it was absolutely amazing. But, yeah, from a personal standpoint, it... It's like this very interesting balance between being able to build friendships with the guys and build trust with the guys that we're going on patrol with every day, like the Marines, and then also not crossing the line of of creating relationships to a point where anyone could misinterpret it as inappropriate because that's a huge deal. 
romantic relationships on deployment are are a huge no no. Like you will get in very big trouble for that. What's an example of a place where it was good? Or where there is an open door or an example of when your third gender allowed you to connect with people. So the most obvious ex- most obvious example would be with their women, right? So mm-hmm. in trying to be culturally sensitive, we won't ever have our men speak to their women unless their women approach like a patrol or something and, and initiate conversation. Mm-hmm. And even then our guys are very careful uh, about what they say and how they say it. So by being women, it afforded us the opportunity to ask to speak with their women in private. And we would hold weekly meetings with local women where we'd invite them on base and we'd all sit down in a room together and chat about whatever they wanted. Sometimes it was women's rights. Sometimes it was business opportunities. Sometimes it was child care. Sometimes it was hygiene, um, all sorts of things. Sometimes they would just ask us a million questions. What were they curious about? Everything. It's so interesting. One of the... We got warned before we went over that they would try to grab our boobs to make sure we were women. And I was like, (laughs) there is no way. But they really do this. And then... And you think these women who cover themselves up all the time and and they're, like, so conservative in in their environment, like... You put these women in a room together and they're like stripping down like they want to show you their boobs and like <laughs> it's so amazing. It's like uh, what what do you think they want to show you their boobs? I I don't know. I have no idea. I think they just like want to connect. Like, I, I like, have these two. <laughs> exactly. Or it's like they have no shame but their like culture like forces them to to act in a certain way. So I think when they can be in a room with so many women together, it's so liberating that they just go all out. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. (laughs) One of the projects you told me about last time is that had to do with chickens. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that? <laughs> yeah. Also, because their show is called The Egg Factory. I thought it'd be good to yeah. incorporate <laughs> eggs into this interview. Yeah. Good so, <laughs> so that project I got I got lucky with because my my mom is all about chickens and uh, so As we've had those moms, <laughs> right? <laughs> so we've had chickens since I was little. Um, so I was sort of familiar with the process of like raising chickens and how long it takes before they start laying eggs and how long how I I don't know about chickens usually like six months ish okay yeah (laughs) seems very fast yeah yeah I don't think I'm lying to you (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so either (laughs) um there's this organization that wanted to do like a poultry training for local women and so we're like great cool (laughs) <laughs> we found this class and I edited it a little bit. We had some help finding instructors from a nearby city. And so we, I guess, did as much advertising as you possibly can with no media. <laughs> you just, like, shout like, about it? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> over here. <laughs> like, word of mouth. Um, 
<laughs> and not just chickens, classes about chickens. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> exactly. And so we did five training events, I guess you could say, about how to raise chickens. And the deal was like, if you show up to all five chickens, we'll give you 20 chickens at the end of this. If you show up to all five chickens. <laughs> Did I say that? <laughs> Sorry, guys. If you show up to all five trainings, then we'll give you 20 chickens. I like the first one. <laughs> yeah, chicken is just code word for class. <laughs> Military language. Don't worry about it. So it was like a, a five-class series, and the idea was we want them to come back. We want them to get the education, and it was totally amazing. And we, and we would have some women who were like, Oh, yeah, and my husband would kill me if he knew I was coming here, so I tell him I'm going to the bazaar. And then we have some women who are like, I am sure their husbands were like, yo, just go get some free chickens and come back. (laughs) But either way, it's like, I mean. It's cool. Just to have them show up and whatever their motivation is, now they know these things and now they have these resources, which is pretty great. But was there any woman in the class who like, just loved the classes and was totally into it it's hard to say no they're all just so practical that I think it was like yeah we'll come we'll learn these things and we'll get this thing for it It, there isn't I mean there's like an intense lack of passion for hobbies because they don't have the luxury of hobbies and so if it fits their their life needs, and then they care about it. And if it doesn't, then they don't. So, <laughs> I don't know. Like, asking them, like, what do you do for fun it would be, like, the dumbest question you could ever ask. I don't know. The whole experience just really teaches you not to take things for granted. It definitely, I never was, like, a women's rights person. But now I'm, a, after the military and being in Afghanistan, I've, definitely a feminist how did the military make you a feminist i it just is so it's such a boys club it it, it's an insanely a boys club like i would talk to guys and they would first of all they have no filter right so like i'm sure that i know more about some of these guys than their wives do like their inner thoughts their opinions on women that they would never tell this woman that they're married to and trying to impress and like learning what they think about women and then hearing them say that they're not sexist and that they think women are equal, I'm like, you just very clearly don't. And also you very clearly have no idea that you totally think women are lesser. Did you call them out on it? Yeah. I mean, it's like... Yeah. Because why not? So Do you think that they took your opinion more seriously just from because you had this different relationship than they would have with other women? Maybe on some things, but I'm sure when it comes to sexism... They honestly didn't see it. And so it's like, can you fault someone for an opinion they don't know they have? Um, I guess like the larger picture of women in combat and how you mentioned at the time you were doing it, it wasn't a thing officially Mm -hmm. and now it's changed. How has it changed? I think it was in early 2013. January 2013 it was. Congress voted to say, okay, cool. Now we're going to let women join these combat roles. You have three years to make it happen. Go. And so the Marine Corps still, 
I believe, does not let women enlist for infantry. But they are running women through these programs to see how that's going to go, right? Because it's very physically demanding. And even when I was getting out, they were running trials about women going through officer training. And a lot of them were failing at it due to just injuries because as women, like, we're smaller. Mm -hmm. And so that makes a lot of physical things more challenging. I wish that the military in general, instead of jumping from no women in combat to let's integrate women into every combat position. I wish they had expanded programs like female engagement teams. There's no doubt in my mind that women can be a huge asset to an infantry unit, but I don't, and not to say that women aren't capable because women are absolutely capable, but I think our biggest contribution is going to be in community relationships and information gathering because People like to talk to us. Like people, by nature of being a woman, we are less threatening. And so I think we have a huge contribution to make in that sense. But like just throwing us into the infantry is, oh, we're just another gun. And I don't know if that's necessarily the best way to to start integrating women into the infantry. So it's my two cents. Is the female engagement team thing over now? For the Marine Corps, it is. My When my team came back, we were the last ones. What was the reason? That we're pulling out of Afghanistan, and I think there was just like a heavy shift to military advising, and we were primarily community in advising and uh, information gathering, and that there just wasn't the need for that anymore. So, Are you sad? So I, oh my gosh, I was so upset. <laughs> I, like, that was a... I mean, I guess it's a blessing that I got to do that in the first place, but it definitely was, like, that was, like, the thing that I was, like, I could do this for the rest of my life. And then they were, like, oh, oh, you really like this? Okay, good. We're getting rid of it. So figure it out. (laughs) But that was the point at which I decided I wanted to go back to school, and somebody's got to be doing similar things from the civilian side of things. Um, What has it been like coming to Stanford? Like, do you feel weird? It was so weird. It was such a culture shock, right? Because I jumped straight from the Marine Corps into Stanford. And I was used to, in the Marine Corps, it's, like, somewhat acceptable to, like, be rude. (laughs) Like, we're all rude to each other, I would say. And so it's, like, if you think someone's wrong, you tell them that they're wrong. And it just isn't a culture of niceness. So did you just come in and So just... it was, like, very interesting for me to transition here. Yeah. And come into the D school, say yes. I had to, like, positive. keep my mouth shut a lot and just weird things that were, like, drilled into me about, like, etiquette. Things like people eating in class really bothered me. Where I was like, that is so rude that you are showing so little respect for your professor who's here to teach you things that you feel like it's okay for you to like just pull out your food and be a disgusting human in front of a whole class and now I'm just like I can't believe I thought that like what a weird why would I ever think that was weird it's like normal like you don't have time to eat lunch you bring it to class of course (laughs) but that really bothered me when people would be on their phones in class I I would have to, like, tell myself, like, don't say anything. It's not your job to say anything. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, like, 
I it I mean it is disrespectful, right? If like yeah. somebody's teaching you something and you're sitting there like, sorry, hang on, my Snapchatting is more important than what you're teaching me right now. <laughs> so that bothered me a lot too, and now I'm just like, ah, it's a thing that happens, and oh my god, and I'm like totally guilty of it too sometimes. So. I can not imagine you dealing with the real world and then coming to deal with Stanford undergraduates. That to me is like, <laughs> is like going from a world of adults back to like a world of children. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. It, it's like very, it, it's just very different. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Egg Factory. You can check us out on our website. It's eggsforears.tumblr.com. That's with the number four. We really want to know what you think, so drop us a line. Let us know what topics you want to cover, and especially let us know if you have any fascinating women in your lives that you think we should interview. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll see you or talk to you over the internet again next week. Bye.